Hi, I'm Paul Shepard and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast, where changing your mindset can transform your life in ways you can't imagine. Now recently, author of Be Your Future Self Now, Dr. Benjamin Hardy recommended for a powerful mindset shift, I read, Raise Your Healthy Deserve Level by CEO of Next Level Practice, Gary Cady. And I have to say, it did not disappoint. In fact, there were parts of the book which blew me away and helped me challenge some limited thinking of my own. Now, I knew this book was special and wanted to get Gary on the show. Well, one TikTok, which was watched by thousands later, featuring a paragraph from the book, Gary reached out to me and, well, here he is. And I'm very excited to have Gary Cady here with me. Yeah, thank you, Paul. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, I love your work and I love the difference that it makes in people's lives around anxiety and peacefulness. Uh, thank you so much. So we're going to jump straight in. Um, people who are not familiar with your book will not know what their deserve levels are. So what would someone get from being introduced to their deserve levels? Well, I think the best way to describe it is I was a, a person that was living an unmanageable life, you know. Um, my wife wanted to leave me. Um, my son had autism. Um, I was suffering from alcoholism and my life was completely unmanageable. And so I did some work that we're going to un- unpack here today. And, you know, now I'm, the, the, the breakthrough I had, Paul, was in life and in practice and in business and in parenthood and in living, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you think you deserve nothing more and nothing less. So if you're looking for peace, freedom, joy, and fulfillment, that's what people are going to get from today. Wow. You literally just beat me to the quote. I just, that's one of my favorite quotes from the book. And it's just just stuck inside my head in a really, really lovely way. Um, So again, it's, but what is a healthy deserve level? What is it in general? Yeah. Underneath it all, I've learned uh, through self, uh, self-discovery self and self-awareness, which you're a real big proponent of, like really looking inside oneself. Um, you know, I was about three years into sobriety. I had um, this moment of clarity where I was really connected to all the thinking that we're going to share today. And, it, and this book came through me, not from me. A lot of things come from me, like oh, here's a thought, here's how to solve a problem. But this truly came to me. You know, there's some things in life when you have a clear space that there's an opening for new thinking to happen. And that's what happened with deserve level. So the first word is healthy. And, you know, it's not the word high or it's not, you know, it's it's healthy. So it's, you know, I know your listeners range from teenagers that want, you know, great groundedness and mindfulness and peacefulness and and then you have your your housewives who you know are they have to look good or house husbands they have to look good they have to manage kids they have to they have all the stressors of living that life or you have entrepreneurs that you know have teams of people and have a mission and purpose in life and they they might be struggling to get that and all of this is at its root core of healthiness and when i distinguish healthy paul five domains of health most people think of physical health but I like to say that there's a healthy relationship to physical health, financial health, social health, you know, in relationships, mental health, you with yourself, and then spiritual health, you with the universe around you. And so when I say healthy, I want to unpack this a little bit. 
It's really in those five domains. It's a healthy relationship to, and it's whatever it is for that person. Because, you know, Paul, you and I are very aligned. I love your work. I listen to you. I hear you. We talk. And then, but you might have different levels of, of expectations, intentions for each of those things than I do. So it's, it's everyone for themselves inside of those five domains. Deserve. The default, there's two types of living in, uh, that I found. The um, <clears throat> social way, how we interact with the world. Most of us have a mask on. And I'm a believer that when you can be authentic about your inauthenticities, that becomes the breakthrough. That's you with the world erasing vulnerability. Now, I want to say this. This is really interesting. Like I used to have a term called vulnerability. And the reason why I had that was because was I was protecting the part of me that I didn't think people liked or should know about, like the shameful things, the guilty mm. things, those things. But what I've learned is the better I get at getting it past my teeth, that I am an alcoholic, that my son had autism, that my wife wanted to divorce me, like those were things that I was shameful of. And I was living in secret shame. And when you live in secret shame, you're going to be stressed out because you have a world that you're living in and the world around you, you're afraid to share. So I don't have vulnerability anymore. It actually disappears when you're okay with being okay with you as you are right now. And that's not an easy thing to do. It takes some work, but it does, it is possible, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. The that's just blow my mind this, a bit. <laughs> but you want to say... You, yeah, I just, I, yeah, well, it is. I, that's blew my mind a bit. I think anyone listening to this is going to go, whoa, okay, there's a lot there. That's that. How, how did you get to that point, though? How did you get to that point where you went, do you know what? I, I, I've got all of these things going on in my sobriety. I've got all of these things going on, um, you know, in your life, uh, with your, you know, with your relationship, with your son. How did you get to the point where you went, do you know what? I'm not going to have vulnerability anymore. Uh, it all starts with severe trauma. And I know that that's flipping okay. the script on its head. Okay. You know, my dad used to beat me mentally and physically, right? Um, and then I tried to prove to the world that I mattered. That creates a, a manifestation of a gap between who I am and who I think I am and who the world thinks that I should be. That causes anxiety because there's a gap there. And it's not you're, you're telling a, a truth, you know, an untruth to the world. And then it's scary to break free from that. And where it came from, uh, where the moment of clarity came from me, for me is that I got sick and tired of struggling to keep up the, like, because if you would looked at my life, Paul, right? And this is called the rubber band effect. I call this the rubber band effect. I feel so unworthy and so broken and so spiritually disconnected to the world. I was spiritually bankrupt. And that, like, all pain is a touchstone for transformation. See, if I didn't have pain, I wouldn't look inside myself for the answers, right? I read a lot of books and I got a lot of wisdom, but that's, that's intellectualizing. So the word in, intellectualize, I tried to outthink this thing. You can't outthink peace. Peace comes from 18 inches from the head to the heart. The word intellectualize and rationalize, they both end in the word lies. Both words end wow. in lies. And it's yeah. the lies we tell ourselves. We're telling ourselves lies. And then we get on this, you know, treadmill with no off switch of these lies. And then we try to live in a world that's not our truth. And that's where unworthiness and undeserving comes from. And in my case, 
mental illness. Um, I, 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 Paul, I mean, I haven't shared this like with a lot of people, but I'm about to now because I want to help people. I realize that I can't hold this in. And this is something I, my, my term is get it past your teeth, get it past your teeth. That means you got to put it out in the world, not, not from here. And, um, you know, for three years, I lived moment by moment because I lived in such panic, anxiety, severe fear and panic attacks. And um, I'm glad I went through it and I didn't drink. I'm glad I, I did eat a little carbs, though, Paul. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell myself okay. I ate too many carbs because that was my that was my healing. That's what I needed yeah. to heal myself. But um, at the time, but ultimately, um, you know, walking through the fire and getting to the other side is really where that's what it takes. But most people won't step on the hot coals and walk through. They'll step on a coal and step back, step on a coal and step back. And it's like if you ever did, I did Tony Robbins and he teaches you to go cool moss, cool moss, say like interrupt the patterns in your head. So you're not thinking about the hot coals and you can actually walk across the hot coals. And that's what I did that day. And that's how this thing opened up. That's a, that's a lot. It's, it's, I just trying to get my head around how you you went through so much as a as a young boy, and then that carried into adulthood. And I'm just trying to get a little get a bit of a sense, Gary. Of obviously, you became self aware enough to make these big changes, and then you mm-hmm. turned it into something which I have to say, even though it's written for dentists, I know, I know you get. I know people say that <laughs> say that to you. It's like, but you read, you wrote it for dentists. You wrote this amazing book that came that's come through you from your experiences from your trauma which is which yeah. is pretty phenomenal yeah and i <laughs> th- i'm sorry for interrupting you paul yeah. um please uh w- did you have another thought there no i just I, it, it was just i want I'm just trying to get that sort of timeline together of the trauma mm-hmm. what you were going through it's like i think a lot of people could relate to this you know you had a lot of carbs um you had, you had things going on with you, which, you know, you, you were suffering with panic attack and, and panic. And I know what that's like. I've, I, I had a panic attack disorder. I had anxiety. And I know what that's like, how mm-hmm. debilitating it is. And I'm very grateful. It's led mm-hmm. me to where I am now. And here I am. I have a voice. Yeah. And I'm talking to you. I mean, what you know, that's, to me, I'm very grateful for what I've been through. But I'm trying to get that timeline of where, how you got to where you are. And, and you wrote a book for, for dentists in this area. <laughs> well, I, I happen to, I happen to be in the space of dentists and dentistry, and that happens to be my vocation, mm. but really why I'm so successful with dentists is because, you know, dentists are really good. Well, they have first have the highest suicide rate of all professionals. Wow. Um, they, they're not they're the, the public hates them. So their self-esteem is in the toilet and, um, they're not a doctor. They're not perceived as doctors. So for 27 years, I've made a stand for dentists to be, to know that they matter. They make a difference. And not just dentists, Paul, um, the people that work inside of dental practices, like, you know, dental assistants are profound in the difference that they make, but they feel like they're, you know, just, you know, men and women who, you know, scrub, you know, operatories and hand instruments. And they're way bigger than that. You know, one of the things that I take and I, I happen to, you know, that happened to be the niche of business that I chose. And I want to say you, because of who you are, um, you're pulling me out and allowing me to bring this mainstream. And I, I want to declare because of you 
and the millions of lives that you're going to help uh, touch, um, Paul, um, I'm starting a Facebook group to keep this dialogue alive. So we're going to start it here with you and we're going to start something globally that's going to really help people that are living with anxiety. You know, the other thing is I, I have a suicide prevention um, mission um, to help people who are grappling with mental health. My mom died uh, recently of COVID and I decided to create um, a foundation uh, that honors people with mental health. And, um, and this is the first of a future. And I want to thank you personally for, you know, cause I had like, you know, I'm too busy or, uh, you know, I can't be too busy for human beings who are struggling with anxiety and mental health. And, um, and you brought this out and I, I, I gotta tell you because of who you are and, and inviting me here today, I'm, I'm just, I'm just really humbled today and honored. Like I'm moved too, because like, I'm literally moved by you. Like, this is a universal, you know, impact that you're pulling me out and bringing this world, this work to the mainstream, to the housewife, to the teenager, you know, mm. to the entrepreneur. And I'm, I'm just sincerely grateful. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm absolutely honored to have you on the show. I, you know, I, ben, Benjamin Hardy, the author, uh, recommended your book. And I was like, but it's for he's like, but it's written for dentists. So I was like, okay. Uh, and now yeah. that you've explained why <laughs> you did that, I mean, honestly, that's it's incredible what you have done, obviously, for the dentistry industry, as in giving them a voice, but also at the same time, I didn't realize that it was, you know, now that you say it, it seems quite obvious, you know, the whole, you know, persona, you know, the whole idea that it's the dentist is someone we don't enjoy going to see and the struggles that they can have. I never realized, I never saw it on that level before. But your book, even though it's written for dentists, when I read it, I was just sat there just, I mean, I've, in a, in a way, it's not the most incredible new information, I would say, but it's the most, the way that you've put it just simply resonates and it becomes so understandable in regards to this is important. Listen, you know, when I'm reading this and I, obviously I put something out on TikTok mm -hmm. and there was a great response to it. People are like, oh my God, you know, your, your quote, it's not true in life that you get what you deserve. Instead, you get what you think you deserve. Nothing more, nothing less. I mean, all of that, it has changed my thinking. And that's why I had to have you on the show. Even my partner, Thank you. we joke all the time. Yeah. We, we literally say, um, you know, is that a low des deserve level choice? Or are you, you going to carry on with that? You know, it's, uh, we, we do this thing mm -hmm. and it's, it's become part of our vocabulary. Hence why uh, anyone who's yeah. listening to this, um, it's really, I, I would heartily recommend, please do get the book. Uh, please, please do join Gary's uh, Facebook uh, new group. I'll put the details in the show notes because this is a way of cultivating a growth mindset. This is what this is focusing on. Uh, to and it and the yeah. way that you talk about yeah. it in, as a healthy thing, not a high thing. I, again, yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's, that's an, another level of just being able to think about this in a way which is more holistic and not so all about the materialism. And is that a mistake that people make with this about the materialism? This is going to be I'm going to get rich if I raise my deserve level. Yeah, yeah, you may, but everyone has different currency. You know, mm. the distinction here, Paul, is very, very important. And, you know, you, you say there's there's universal truths in the work that I put out. But this is a distinction called something new but familiar. See, the most powerful things that I can assimilate 
are new but familiar. So that distinction is very powerful that you brought forth. This is, I use the word distinction. And the reason why it's a distinction is because if you remember back, uh, maybe when somebody said, hey, can you like me on Facebook? And you didn't know what even Facebook was and what the word like meant in that context. Mm. That's what this is. Like, I really want to get your brain set to hear what Paul and I are going to unpack because if you're list, the mind wants you to listen to it like, oh, this is like that. And that is like this. It's if you bring like I'll, I'll, you know, bring a blank slate to the conversation, like and not try to hook it on to other things. It'll allow you to have a breakthrough in awareness and relationship to receiving. So this is not about acquiring. This is about receiving. So let me give you an example of this, Paul. How, my number one way to get a sense of someone's current deserve level. The first thing to do is look around in the five domains. How's your body? How's your money? How's your relationship to your partner? How's your relationship to your uh, peace and health, mental health? How's your relationship to the world around you, right? So if you look around and you're wondering what your deserve level is, it might be, you might be fit as, you know, you know, Usain Bolt, but your finances might be in the toilet or you, you know, you might be fit and have money. I know a lot of entrepreneurs that are fit and have money, but they have no relationship to their wife and their husband and their spouse and their, and their partner and their kids. They're just working and they're missing out on life. Or, you know, someone who, you know, um, you know, is struggling with mental health, but hasn't stepped onto that coal because they're just afraid. You know, the devil we know, Paul, is sometimes better than the devil we don't. So we'd rather reside in the pain and suffering rather than step into a new world of the unknown. Like that's more fearful than the pain mm. and suffering because some of us have a threshold of pain and suffering that is very high and we can we just deal with it, right? And we, we just think this is the way that it is. And my for those people that are living in there, make the unacceptable unacceptable. I didn't know, Paul, I lived in fear. I didn't know, Paul, I was trying to acquire things to solve a problem. If you looked at my life, you would go, that guy is the most luckiest guy in the world. My wife is gorgeous and caring. My son is just a beautiful young soul. By the way, he's off the autism spectrum. If anybody has challenges in that, get in this group. And we, we've developed protocols to break through some of the challenges in that area where there's no hope. Um, you know, if you would have looked at, I had fast cars, penthouse apartments. But I was unfulfilled, spiritually bankrupt, um, I disconnected to my business, to my wife. Like I was the walking dead, Paul, right? Yeah, so that's a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, it's not about the 9-11 that I went, you know, that I went and got. And then I wanted people to look at that car and go, that guy's successful. And I was trying to get the, to close what I call the black hole. We all have something called the black hole that no matter how much money, how much sex, how much whatever you're trying to solve that black hole problem with until you until you fill that hole and tar it over, you can't be free and get a chance to have mental health, anxiety reduction, connection to human beings and all that. 
And that's really what it's about. The reason why I wanted that Ferrari and that Porsche and that penthouse was so that people, it, it was a, those were hunks of metal. What I really want is people to love me and be loved. Mm. And the booby prize was I was trying to get it through acquiring things and showing people that this is what's so. And do you know how, this is how simple it is. I walked around Paul moping as a victim to nobody loves me. See, I have all these things and I do all these things for people and nobody loves me. I was a victim. And then all of a sudden I realized how I get more love is I, how I get more love is I give love away. How I, there's a, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but there's a great quote by St. Francis. I went to Assisi this summer to Italy and it's like, you know, don't seek to be understood, go understand others. Like wow. the, Love that. the opposite is true. The opposite is true. Like instead of being victim for what you're not getting, Flip the script and start giving it away to people what you want, and then you start getting it for yourself. That that's very powerful. That's that's given me a, a little light bulb moment. So, <laughs> um, when yeah. you yeah, so I, I wrote a, I, I did a podcast episode recently called "Is Your Average Life Making You Anxious?" and it, yeah. just from what you were saying about the you know. You know, we 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 try to to acquire all of these things, but we do it in a in a in a comfort zone. We do it with what's familiar, but actually, that's quite painful, and it does lead to a lot of anxiety because we're not daring ourselves to go further to reach what would be a healthy deserve level because we're familiar with the pain. And I can relate to that. I did a, another episode recently called "Why Am I Struggling," and I caught a little unconscious program where I was on without, without even realizing it I wasn't doing things that would really help me and that was creating a struggle because a big part of my life had been struggle and it was so familiar I was unconsciously mm -hmm. keeping a part of that in my life but it was nice to catch yep. and what I like about um when I was reading your book was a healthy deserve level catches helps you catch those programs with self-awareness yep Absolutely. Um, you brought to me a beautiful, I, my, in living in my family, um, fighting, yelling, chaos. Um, yeah, I always say yelling was a whisper. So that's, that's, the, that's the familiar that I was brought up with, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to have that in my life. So I went to a spa one day and the, I opened the door, Paul, and there's feng shui bells jingling. There's aromatherapy beautifully uh, emanating through the space. There's this gorgeous spa music from Sirius, you know, radio. And there's this angel of a woman sitting behind the desk. And um, she whispers, how may I help you, sir? And I said, oh my gosh, who are you? And did you create this beautiful space? And she goes, yes, my name is Judith. And yes, I'm the, the proprietor of the spa. I go, do you want to get married? <laughs> right? So it didn't go that fast. I'll just for, for okay. use of time here. All right. Um, I, I, met her on April, I met her on April 27th. I engaged her on April 27th. Then we got married on April 27th. I guess I, I, have, a, I have a big forgetter. So I want to remember those important dates. But <laughs> here's the thing, Paul. We got married. We got married. And then 
I was causing chaos in a peaceful home that she created. She duplicated the spa in our home. And because yelling and screaming and and chaos and fighting was what I did, when I got what I wanted, I invented my past and brought it into my future. And and that is what HDL does. That's when I really had my personal breakthrough moment in HDL because I realized I attracted and created the life and designed a life that I wanted. And what I was doing was bring, here's, I use this term called keeping the tribe alive. Okay. Keeping the tribe alive. We have a subconscious responsibility, or we so think, to keep our past ancestors alive in the present. And that is what we're doing. We want to break the chain of the past and not bring the past into the present, creating a different future. We want to acknowledge our ancestors and our experience of growing up and say thank you. And I choose to live this life, you know, 40 years later, and this is the life I choose. So what I used to do is like I would come home and create fights with my wife and upsets and all those peaceful things got overrided because I was uncomfortable being comfortable. I was uncomfortable being comfortable in that setting. And that is the beginning of seeing where that's the breakthrough in HDL right there, Paul. That is so familiar to me just listening to that of that struggle. It's, and I think for a lot of people listening to this, being at peace, being happy, being healthy, being wealthy is alien to them because their past has been different. And even though they would like to have all of those lovely positive things, they're kind of held back by, I think, a lack of self-awareness. They're just repeating it on an autopilot trance. And uh, again, yep. and this is what HDL is actually all about. It, it, it's a way it waken, wakens you up to what well, if you want these things, which you say you do, because most people are saying, yes, I want happiness. But they've got no idea yep. how to get there. And so they just shut down and they go back into trance. And we, as I was talking yep. to you earlier, you know, I've, I've been asleep uh, at the car of my business, in the car of my business for a while, um, to, and to some degree, yeah. and you know, it's we have these things which, through self awareness, we can become awake to. And I think your book is is a wake up call yeah. for a lot of people. It's been a wake up call for me. Yeah, lovely, and I, I that's why I really connect with you. And I think I could probably do hours and hours today because of the way you. you what I love about you, Paul, is that you're on the court. You're a man in the arena. You're, you you take your bumps and bruises and share them and you you know your listeners I can see why you have such a big following because people can relate to you and I relate to you so well um, and you know the distinction I want to bring forth here just to bring it uh, more of a visual think of your life as a past a present and a future my past was full of trauma mental physical all that stuff um, in my present I got I get see. What we don't realize is we get the ability to choose. See, I forgot, like I was given this life and I tried to survive. And what was happening was my, pa- my past was mapped over my, f- my present and I couldn't see that. Therefore, I couldn't invent a new future. So I want to give you a model here 
so your listeners can get around this. So let's just say, I think I deserve to be 200 pounds, right? And that's the body that I think I deserve, right? So 200 pounds happens. So now if I'm, if I'm now I'm in the present and I'm going, I'm 210 pounds. Well, here's what happens, Paul. I get out my fit. I have my Apple watch. I'm counting my steps. I take a shake and I'm eating better. And then I ride my bike. I'm a cyclist and I'm doing that daily. And I'm like, 210 goes to 205, 200. Now I'm, now I'm 195. You ready, Paul? I'm 195. <laughs> okay. And I'm going, now here's, here's my subconscious at play. I don't deserve to be 195. So my, what we do is we have invisible CPAs, invisible trainers in our heads. We have all these things in our heads and we have all these benchmarks that we set, subconsciously setting, mine's 200. I'm 195. I'm uncomfortable being better than what I expect myself to be, my deserve level. So all of a sudden, I'm too busy. I'm way too busy to go on the cycle. I'm too busy. I get busy, right? I start eating um, crispy, like my car. My car drives me to Krispy Kremes and I get a dozen donuts and I pop two or three of them. But I didn't get go there. My car just drove me there, (laughs) right? And now all of a sudden I'm 200 and then all of a sudden I'm 205. And if you, if you've ever had this, like where you're grappling with self-sabotage, if your benchmark, I'll give you another example, my wife, but there was like a time when I met Judith and and I'm like, honey, I want to make 500,000 a year. Now I come from poor two bedroom house for four people, one bathroom. You know, the story, you know, my past based story was we are, we are poor. My entire family's poor. How can I create wealth? There's no way, you know, so for me, 500,000, Paul was like, I was, I could retire and a wealthy man at that time. And she goes, Gary, why are you limiting yourself? Now, my wife is not, she's not, she doesn't want things. She wants connection. That's what her currency is, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't want me in my phone and working hard. She wants to be with me. She actually likes me. We still like each other after 20 some years. Um, But she said to me, she goes, Gary, why are you limiting yourself to 500,000? That was my subconscious benchmark from my past because my dad made $75,000. And so I'm like, man, five times, six times that amount is going to be like, I did much better than him. So she goes, "I, I invite you to just play a game called why not a million and literally the year that year we created it see whatever the subconscious benchmark is we create up to that and no more and if it gets better than that we kill it off and self-sabotage it so this is like a visual to get in your head a little bit um you want to say anything about this and add anything here paul uh, well i think there's a couple of things that come to mind about how many people we have seen shoot up in, in our career I mean look at the Will Smith Will Smith incident recently where he punched Chris Rock on stage um, where someone's taken their right. career they're, they're at a pinnacle and suddenly they do something to create yep. a massive struggle for themselves where they're going to be humiliated yep. Bill Clinton with Monica Lewinsky all sorts of things where people yep. are at the pinnacle of their career and then they do that one thing or you know a, tra- a, a you know a line of things which suddenly reduce them back to maybe something familiar. That's what, that was what was coming to mind when you were talking about 
you know, take, taking yourself to yep. a certain level and then going backwards again. Yeah, I call it a perpetration withhold. The per a perpetration withhold is something we withhold and then we blame something outside of ourselves to kill off the progress. So, and that's why integrity is so vital to what you receive in the world. So when I, I'll give you an example. So I was, you know, I'm stages, I'm, I speak to hundreds and thousands of people. I've been on thousands of stages. Um, and I was coming from, you should listen to me and this is why, and I gave some good information. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't until I realized that um, people didn't want that. What they really wanted was first, they wanted to connect to somebody that they could relate to. And then um, they really wanted to make sure that I understood them, that I was dealing with what they were dealing with. And then they want to know how I figured it out and like, just give me some simple steps to get into action. And, you know, one of the things that happened was um, for me, it was like this perpetration withhold idea is like you're doing something like I was drinking, like my integrity is integrity is is three levels. Number one level is making promises to other people and keeping them right so that's number one so like if i say i'm going to be on time and if i'm not on time if i step over not acknowledging that i broke my integrity with you paul right yeah so you scheduled the time i had technical difficulties the first thing i did with you is said paul i apologize for being late today i didn't give yeah. an excuse i just acknowledged the integrity of my promise so mm -hmm. it restored my word with you by the way this is where if you want to reduce your anxiety if you just did this this will reduce your anxiety dramatically. It did for me. So getting, getting, when I make a promise that has three things, who's going to do it? Me. What I was going to do is be here on time at 830, uh, my time. And um, by when, by when I'm, I was when the moment I promised you. The next one is the promises you make with yourself. So I said I was going to be 200 pounds and then I'm eating donuts and I'm not working out. I'm breaking promises with myself. That's an integrity breach, right? Then the mm -hmm. third is, you have values, morals, and principles that you were brought up with, and you're either living inside of those morals, values, and principles, or you're not. That's a breach in integrity of a greater, greater stand that you're making, right? So when you're out of integrity of those three things, what happens is the mind goes, I better kill this off because I, I and by the way, this is so subconscious and where stress lies, I call it the post-it note broken agreement. So in our heads, we have all these post-it notes. When I break an agreement, um, I would make a post-it note, broke agreement with Paul and stick it on my head. And what that does is it uses the RAM inside of our brains and it doesn't allow us to be present. And by the way, the makeup of a human being is designed not to be responsible and do all these things because when you're responsible, that brings forth a whole new level of poo that you need to deal <laughs> with called success problems. Ah, <laughs> uh, I try to remember your quote i highlighted it i wish i'd written it down for this for this interview um you wrote a great quote on integrity if you don't and maybe you can remind me if you um if you don't yep. keep to your word it's something about lose you lose power in the world or something like that it was something like that yeah um yeah integrity and work inte integrity brings forth workability trust and connection and what happens is if you want peace, control, time, money, and fulfillment, if you do it on a bedrock of personal integrity and, and making and keeping agreements, 
you actually create for those that are overwhelmed and working too hard, you can actually create with your word rather than doing. Mm. So, you know, you might wonder like, how can that guy or gal do what they're doing? Cause they create with their word, they say something and it get and the world around them gets created versus having to put the effort behind it. For those people that are looking for living an effortless world, the connection, it's a direct line, by the way, when you give your word and when you speak to people around you, they know you're serious and they start moving in new intentionality, new direction. Um, this works for parents with their kids. This works for um, entrepreneurs with their team. I learned all this the hard way. I was a horrible parent. You know, my sister, she's awesome. But when she says, don't do that, the kids don't listen to them because she's not a woman. She doesn't follow through with her word. And ah, so okay. her kids just create chaos for her. Right. For me, I would say we're going to take on this new initiative with my team. And because I didn't keep agreements with doing reviews and raises and all the promises that I made for people, they, they listened to me the same way and didn't follow through. But now I have a whole space of, by the way, it took me just to give you an idea. This is how out of integrity I was. And by another, another example, I like clean spaces and my car was dirty and my desk was filthy. By the way, if your desk is filthy, that is the picture of your brain. If you have a space that is filthy and chaotic and cluttered, that's your brain outside of your head. So if you want right. to just, you know, take the first step, go clean a drawer, go start cleaning something and you feel better and clearer and less stressed. And what happens is, It'll take over you and you'll start cleaning up your whole life and you won't allow all these broken agreements and all this clutter and chaos anywhere in your life. And when it creeps in, you know that how the pain of the stress of that. We have an agreement in our company. You leave every day with your desk with nothing on it. That's part of the agreement inside of our company. Well, again, it's, it just points back at. Uh, this is why your book resonated with me quite a lot about the integrity side of things. And it is important, you know, to have, a, a, you know, I'm a big fan of having a clear environment was I realized as I was reading your book that I'd let my integrity slip in a couple of places. And I think, you know, and our, our lives are a reflection of every decision that we've made. And this yep. is so, so, so thank you. Yeah, for, in, in the again, book, it, just I'll... bringing that up. And yeah, I realized my word was, I, was losing power with my words because I wasn't keeping to it. Yep. Yeah. And just take a look how you know you're your word. When you speak, people have questions. So I'll give you an example. I go, team, we're going to put in a new software. They're like, oh my God, what does that mean? What do we do? What do we do with this existing one? They start, that means they received your communication and they're now looking at it, how it relates to themselves. If your kids don't push back, like we, we, help kid, we help parents with kids on the autism spectrum. One of the things is changing their diet. One of the problems is we talked about gut health earlier. Um, one of the problems with kids on the spectrum is their gut is whacked. Their, their lower intestine is, and, and when you eat gluten and dairy as a kid who is affected by the toxicity of those two proteins, you can't get your brain to be healthy. It's a physical thing that happens with these kids that are on the spectrum, usually boys too. And when we say, 
um, you're going to have to um, put your kid on a, on a gluten and dairy free diet. They go, my son, he's, that's never going to happen. Where you're like, where you're like, you're going to, my friend Lloyd Mandel said it best, Paul, you're going to love it. I love quoting him. He said, Gary, because he was the first friend with parents, like that was a parent. He was the youngest kid of all of us. And he said, either your either your kids are going to cry now because you're going to be a stand for what the boundaries are, or you're going to be crying later when they become adults and they run rampant all over the world. So like when he taught me that, I was like, I don't want my kid to cry. I don't want him to kick and scream. But you'll see these kids on a spectrum with boxes of Cheerios in their hands and I mean, and slapping mm. gluten in their, their space because they're addicted to it. And then, by the mm. way, guess what? It mixes in the lower intestine and gets some highest kites. And then they're flapping their arms and they're, they're, they're gone. They're not even on the planet because they're highest kites. Wow. Um, so there's a lot to unpack there. Obviously, if anyone who's interested in your, you know, how you helped your son, and all that information, they would be able to find that on the Facebook group. As I said, there's a lot there that people might yeah, have questions on. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, you know, my, my other business that I make dollars from, um, you know, that's ma- uh, curated Facebook groups and we educate you. It's not, it's going to be monitored. Um, just bear with us because okay. we wanted to put a place for people to go to ha- be in the conversation around HDL. Um, so it's good, you know, just, just go on, you know, healthy deserve level, Gary, Katie, just, you know, get in the group and, you know, I'll direct you, you know, get, I'll have, you know, my team direct you for where to go. My wife really donates her time to parents if they want to really get the specific things and the modalities and the biomedical treatments that we took. And it's not for everybody, Paul. It's like, look, mm. it's one way. Anything that we do is one way to do it. And it just happened to work for us. It may not work for somebody. And, you know, we're just here, you know, I dedicated my life of service. When I was an alcoholic, I, it was all about me. And it was a self-centered world. And Ben Hardy's book changed my life in that he said, the opposite of addiction is connection and willpower doesn't work in his book. And, and so I'm just about being connected and doing the best I can and giving people and then they choose to do it or not. You know, I can't force them to do it or I don't even know if it works for some people. You know, the one thing I do know is my program for dentists works when they work it. That I can guarantee, and that's you know one thing I can guarantee. The rest of the stuff, I can't you know control yeah. the outcomes of, and so yeah, that's 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 the game there. Yeah. Uh, going back to HDL, what would if someone started to work on their HDL, what do you think they would begin to notice happening in their life? Uh, peace, freedom, joy, connection, love, abundance, um, freedom a new way of living that's going to be completely uncomfortable. I'll give you an example. My mm-hmm. friend, Michael, who is actually how Ben got the book and, um, and how I came to you. So like, I always say he's like six degrees of, of MF. That's his, um, <laughs> that's his initials. I call him an MFer because he's like, he changes my life and he, anything good in my life comes from him. And he read the book and we've been friends for years. And I wrote the book 10 years ago. And now it's just like, now it's coming alive globally. And he was one of the influencers of that. Um, and what happened was for Michael was he's like, Gary, um, you know, I've known you forever and I hear you speak about this stuff, but it wasn't until I got it for myself that, that my life changed. Now here's what's going to happen. You're going to step on the court of this and it is going to feel uncomfortable because you're so used to suffering 
and the suffering goes away. So I want to give you the first step of this process is you're going to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. So you're going to sit there and you're going to go, okay, I blocked my old thinking. I'm having new conversations. I'm taking new actions. Life is really getting pretty good. What I've always dreamt of. And then like, you're going to, what's going to happen to you is the uncomfortable being uncomfortable. And then you're going to want to go back to his thing was about being nice and he wasn't being straight mm -hmm. and he just wanted to be connected, but he, but people didn't listen to him like to, and he was getting resentful because he wasn't getting what he wanted. Right. So he was, his, his winning formula in the world was being nice, but it wasn't about being straight and respected. And he wasn't getting some of the things that he wanted in the five domains. He started getting straight. He started getting those things and it got so uncomfortable for him. So you be you, I call it uncomfortable being uncomfortable. The breakthrough moment is when you get to UBC, uncomfortable, you know, no, CBU. I'm sorry, I had it backwards. Comfortable being uncomfortable. That is okay. the breakthrough moment where you reside in that spot. So I, I don't want to, I'd like to hear from you here, Paul, just to hear what you just heard. Tell me what you just heard. Well, it reminds me of a, you know, this year uh, working with Ben. And uh, your book has yep. been a big part of that is I've had to wake up and make choices, which, you know, I was talking about being asleep at the wheel is I've had to make choices where I've had to be, un I've had to learn to be more vulnerable and more uncomfortable being uncomfortable in situations because making these big changes at some point in time, they will become my norm. Mm -hmm. But to make that, to make that big jump, it's scary, right? It's one of these yep. things where your your mind's yes. going, can we just go back to what we did before? You know, you were just a therapist, Paul. You know, <laughs> you saw a certain number of people. Just, just stick with that. Stop talking to people on podcasts and do stop the videos. All of these sorts of things. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, again, it's learning to lean into the uncomfortability. So learning to, this is what I, uh, a big part of what I teach is working with your autonomic nervous system being, you know, working with emotions so that you can get more, you can lean into being uncomfortable so that you're more comfortable with it to a degree. You know, in other words, you know, you yeah. have to do it. You know, you have to do it and you will adapt. And it's that, it's that confidence to know that you can do it. It's going to feel unpleasant. Just like going to the gym. Sometimes you go to the gym and you're like, this is going to be a tough one, but you do it because you want the yeah. results. And it's that, you know, being comfortable being with, being, by being uncomfortable. So that's that's what I was just, what was coming to my mind when you were talking just then. That's brilliant. I, so I want to give you the whole process of how it goes because one of the things I learned, Paul, is I need to handhold people through the emotions that would kick you back to the safe ground. You know, mm. I, I jumped out of a plane, and um, I had to do it just because I wanted to step and really confront fear. So I have fear of heights. And I didn't, number one was I didn't do it alone. I had a guy strapped to my back. Right. And so I, you know, don't, we tend to do things alone. We don't raise our hand. We don't ask for help. Right. So I did that. And by the way, I, I had so much fun in the air. He goes at 5,000 feet, you need to pull, pull this, the cord. And so I had a cameraman filming the whole thing and I'm like, yes, this is great. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot about my fear. And I was in the moment and he's tapping my wrist and he's going, pull the damn cord, pull the cord, pull the cord. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he had to pull the cord because we were getting too low. And then you go up and then I got scared again because 
I was like hanging there 5,000 feet above the earth, like never hanging there like I was hanging there. And my point to you is this, you know, facing fears, trying to become confident, you'll never get there. It's be, do, have, not have, do, be. Um, when I have confidence, then I'm going to do what I want to do and then I'm going to be happy. It's the other way around because you can't control havingness and you can't get to havingness until you switch the only thing that you can control. There's only one thing you can control is who you're going to be moment by moment. The word beingness is how you show up for yourself and others. That's the only thing we can control. The rest we cannot control. Now you can control some doingness, but here's, we have a lot of overworked people, uh, overwhelmed people. That's because they're trying to do more to have more. This is now, by the way, when you master HDL, you get to be and then have, and there's no doing. I know this sounds crazy to people. But this is how you get wealthy. This is how you get peaceful. This is how you get out of overwhelm. You be who you are. You speak what you want to create. And then you get to have it. I'm living that world right now. That's how I know that works. Right. And I I was such a doer. I worked 24. I was a workaholic, mm. you know, and an alcoholic and all those things. <laughs> so my point to you here is then I have. So the first step is don't do it alone. Get with Paul. Get with whoever. And get with somebody that can help you move through this space because they've already done it. So that's number one. And by the way, in 2022, after the pandemic, Paul, if you haven't learned one lesson uh, that asking for help is a strength, not a weakness, take a look inside of, you know, your suffering because you want to hang in the suffering because people have answers if you want them. There's, I found there's always an answer to every problem. I've never not found an answer to a problem. But if I want to stay in the suffering, it looks like I'm all alone and there's no hope. That's no, amen. One. Amen to that. Ask because Yeah, I, I have help. I'm, you know, people say to me, but you're a mindset coach. You should be all sorted. And I'm like, literally, there's, you know, that's called a fixed mindset. Growth mindset, I want to keep progressing. And other people will know things I have no idea about. I'm un unconsciously incompetent until yeah. I hear what they have to say. Yeah. Well, you have one thing. You have one trait that makes you that. There's only two types of people, Paul. The willing and the unwilling. That's it. You're either willing to look and get the answers yeah. or you're willing to stay where you are and stay in the suffering. I always say su pain is necessary. The pain of something tells me it's not aligned with my values and integrity. Suffering is optional. Pain is necessary. Suffering is optional. If you stay in the suffering, that's your choice. But if you want to get out, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. When I hire people, I ask them, do you do your best or do you find a way? And nine out of 10 say, I do my best. And we only use 10% of our capabilities. I want the team member that says, I'm going to find a way to get the answer and the outcome. So I hang out with people that find ways and look yeah. for solutions, right? Yeah. And then what I learned is once you get help and once you get on a path, then you need to understand the emotional things that will kick you back. So step number one is you're going to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable stepping into the arena. You know, I always say, get out of the stands. Step in the arena. Stop conversing about things and talking about things, talking about your weight or talking about wealth or talking about your relationship, complaining to the girls at you know the tennis club or whatever about your men and go, this is not acceptable. Or men complaining about your wife. Don't do that crap because complaints, by the way, keep you suffering. But if you get on the court, it's a different place to look from. Then you're going to be uncomfortable being uh, uncomfortable. Then you're going to go, hey, 
I'm going to sit in this storm. It's it's storming, norming, perform, high performing. There's going to be a little bit of a storm. Then you're going to norm. Then you're going to high perform. Those are the that's the process you're going through. I love that. Then you're going to yeah. go. Hey, I'm uncomfortable. That's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love. I know. I love that. And you're, then you're, you're, you sit yeah. there. So, so, go ahead. Carry on. No, no, carry on. No, Sorry. go ahead. No, what came to mind was uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. uncomfortable being uncomfortable, and how it, if with if you combine this with Grant Cordon's ten xing yourself. This is this is like a map to do that, isn't it? This is, um, you know, it provides the keys. You know, you talk about the the five the five you know the five areas: your financial, your social, your mental, your physical, your spiritual. It provides you with the the tools necessary if you really want to 10x yourself. If you really want to take yourself to your life to where you really want it to be, not where you've been conditioned into believing it, it could be, but you're going to hold yourself back anyway. Uh, your book provides the uh, you know provides the map for that. That's what uh, you know. That's what I wanted just to. That was coming to mind, by the way. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And like, and here's the path you're going to walk on. You're going to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. The breakthrough moment is when you can be with the uncomfortability. Like when I was sitting there realizing that I was killing off the peace, calm, joy connection with my wife. I was responsible for that. So I became comfortable that like my brain was telling me, start an argument with your wife because that's more comfortable than sitting here. Because it was so quiet, Paul, that it was like screeching loud in my ear, like do something to shake this piece up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. I got, then, then my new norm was my comfortable being comfortable. I'm like, I don't, the thoughts of being uncomfortable in, an, in a peaceful environment are no longer there. I don't look to start arguments and perpetration withholds with my wife. I tell her that she's beautiful. And like, you know, by the way, her deserve level, when I told her she was beautiful, she would refute it and say, no, I'm bloated. I'm ugly. Like her self, her self look at herself was not what I could see. And I said, excuse me. I said, honey, I said, can we go together? And this is where intimacy is. I didn't know what intimacy was. I go, can we work on this together? That was intimacy. She was looking for intimacy. Wow. And I just asked her, I said, can we work on this together? Now I found what intimacy was, right? <laughs> and then um, I didn't know what intimacy was. Nobody modeled that for me. It was like haymakers throwing fights and fists and punching and screaming, yelling and drinking. And, and then what happens is, and this is where you get 10Xing yourself. You get uncomfortable when you're comfortable. And you've been saying this the whole time. This is where you look inside yourself and you reach success in those five areas. And then you're like, what's next? And then you go, hey, I'm going to take on and challenge myself to reach more people, impact more people. By the way, that's what happened to me. I like The dental field was so limited because I, I loved it and I reached a max. I've been doing it for 30 years. And then this book came out and then Ben started talking about it and he invited me to his group and then you invited me to your group. And now, you know, you have 750,000 followers on TikTok and something you shared. And I'm like, I, I did nothing. Zero. All I did was put something out in the world. And I'm sitting here in my vacation home in Arizona and I am privileged to be on your podcast, honored like a, you're a hero to me for the work you do in the world. And I get to share 
a, a piece of work. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but because I say I want to get, I want to make a global difference. By the way, the vision of our company is to is to get a billion people healthier. A billion people. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but that was the new challenge, wow. and now I know how it's it's starting to show up. It's starting to show up because I I'm a man of my word. I I said my game before I died is to get a billion people healthier in the five domains. I couldn't just do it in the dental industry, and here I am talking to a guy who has seven hundred fifty thousand you know connections on a TikTok video. You, I mean that you takes your that, next Paul? well that, that's that's a next level <laughs> practice, isn't it? That's what we're that's what we're referring to. It's a next level practice completely. But I know what you mean. Um, I, you know, I was a big fan of your book. I did that TikTok on a spur of the moment, by the way. And uh, next thing you know, I'm waking up to your response. And I'm like, I am going to ask him to come on the show. Uh, Gary, you have been an absolute <laughs> delight. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I know you've got to go soon because you're going to be, you've got other engagements. Um, where can people find you? I mean, I'm going to put these details into the show notes anyway, but where can people find you if they're listening to this? Yeah, we have a brand new uh, Facebook group that we created because of you, Paul. Darn it. Um, <laughs> it's called Raise Your Healthy Deserve Level. It's coming. And we're going to build a community of people, of like-minded people that are that are willing to go past where they're stuck and be uncomfortable to be uncomfortable. Just go on Facebook um, and then connect with the Raise Your Healthy Deserve Level group. And we'll let you in. Uh, if you're on this podcast, you're a guest. You're a, a, a welcome guest. And, uh, and then we're going to start the chat and keep the conversation alive and going. And then I don't know where it's going to take us, Paul, but I have a mission to get a, a, a billion people healthier. And so uh, wherever that takes us and whatever people that are listening have opportunities to spread this message, you know, I'm going to be, uh, be donating my time to do that. Well, I'll do anything I can to help that. Again, thank you so much for everything that you, it's been an amazing conversation. Um, again, people, please do uh, download the book, buy it, uh, raise your deserve levels. You will not regret it. It is a game changer. Thank you so much, Gary. Have a great day. Thank you, Paul. What an honor. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Gary Cady. Please do buy a copy of Raise Your Healthy Deserve Level to take your personal development to a whole new level. Please share, please subscribe, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode.